0: So now that we've basically done an entire podcast without recording.
1: <laughs> Let's record one. It's the crossover episode. Hey, this is the All 7 Days podcast with...
0: The Westminster Effects Doxology podcast.
1: Now what do we do? Also, also sharing Bradley. <laughs> That's right.
2: I feel like I'm caught in the middle here. I'm not sure what to do with myself.
0: This isn't the first time, right?
2: No. And,
0: and just like the last time... I was on with Bradley on the All Seven Days podcast. We are, again, passing a microphone back and forth. That's right. Uh, because technology. But anyway, uh, I guess we can do our intros of who we are. I'm Cody Fields, the president of the Westminster Family of Guitar <laughs> Effects. You can check us out at westminstereffects.com. Make sure you join the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge on Facebook. Uh, Lutheran John Augsburgian Christian and Sexy Boat Captain is not able to join us today. <laughs> but in person...
2: This is Bradley Cox, pastor at Resurrection Church, currently wearing a Snoop Dogg ugly Christmas sweater and it is that awesome. says, "'Twas the nizzle before Chris-mizzle, and all through the hizzle." And <laughs> I'm not sure of the age demographic of both of y'all's listenerships, but hopefully there are some out there that know who Snoop Dogg <laughs> is.
1: I <laughs> and I compare that to Cody's shirt that says, don't waste your life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well last last night at the uh at our res ugly christmas sweater slash awesome christmas sweater party since yeah. some people didn't want to offend anybody i wore a uh a sweatshirt from the reformed sage that had john calvin as santa claus and everyone but jesus was on the naughty list <laughs> it was bracketed by no one is righteous no not one that's awesome <laughs>
1: And of course, uh, since we're crossing over today and doing a, a dual episode in one, the All Seven Days podcast, joining the Westminster Effects Toxicology Podcast, Trevor is in a deer stand. So good for uh, him. I know, right? So we could uh,
0: not do that in South Carolina today with I'm pretty sure I saw Noah floating by it
1: earlier. Is, it's pretty close and all the deer are swimming today. Yeah, in South Carolina. We are in South Carolina and sitting in Bradley's office is really cool. Thanks for letting us come in and crash your Crash your pad here and I'm sitting in your uh your your <laughs> your holy chair over here in the corner this is like this is like the place where people come in and kiss your ring and that kind of thing <laughs> is
0: this is, is this the same as you speaking ex-cathedra <laughs>
1: <laughs> <I> t- <laughs> okay First I'm of sure all, to do we, do need, that. we <laughs> need to make a distinction here because the All Seven Days listeners usually don't need a dictionary. But the do- <laughs> Westminster Effects folks do. So you might want to define that term. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> when the Pope speaks officially from the chair and it becomes infallible,
1: that is oh, ex-cathedral. I see. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: I wouldn't go that far, but it is my... I did tell good Protestants here. I did tell Stan that that, that is my counseling reading final sermon prep chair and so a lot of wisdom has come from that chair so i'm i have high (laughs) expectations for all your commentary today okay well we'll see how that goes we'll see how that goes
0: uh so i guess as we discussed uh earlier the first half will basically be the all seven days monthly review uh that that you normally do, Padre, with uh, with Bradley, yes. and then the second half, we'll do the Westminster thing and do the Inquisition, so
1: <laughs>
0: take it away, I guess. <laughs> so
1: this episode is going to be about six hours long, so here we go. Uh, yeah, we're going to look, look at our last four episodes, and uh, uh, the first one we're going to look at, and we might want to combine a couple, because uh, a couple of them asked about worship music, so we might look at both of those at the same time so episode an offer he couldn't refuse an episode again where trevor was uh doing something better um robert wood asks about uh worship where it says it seems there are a lot of groups that have some popular worship songs but their theology a bit squishy cody was actually on this episode and uh should we be singing those songs or should we move on and then michelle last week asked about uh, things that if somebody said, let's do this in a worship service, I would draw the line and say, we weren't going to do that. So you look confused.
2: What, what, really? what, explain that last question.
1: So uh-huh, so I, uh, Michelle said, uh, uh, we've all seen worship styles change over the years. When does, when does someone say, let's start doing, you fill in whatever the blank is, uh, in our praise and worship time, and you say, that's not appropriate.
2: So what what is what is the line from appropriate inappropriate in terms of style or in,
1: in terms of anything?
2: In Terms of anything? In
1: anything that some say? that they might want to include in a worship service. Okay, we drew the line on if it if it uh, if it worships if it attempts to worship God in a in a way that describes Him as false that he's not, he, that he isn't mm. it demeans Him. We wouldn't do that, and if it distracts from mm. the focus of worship. I included flags, dance teams, and leotards. All those are, all those are out. What, what, what about? What about metal? You also included metal. I did include metal, and I said, you know, we, we made a lot. We took a lot of leeway for culture, right? The culture of a church. If it's a, if it's a metal church, I guess I don't know. It's hard for me to draw lines around that. Uh, I did draw a line on if I can't understand your lyrics, you know, around the screaming of lyrics, and Cody's very good at sounding like pigs when he he sings, and uh, so I did say if I can't understand your lyrics, they're probably not speaking anything to me, and I can't sing along with that, so I would draw the line at something like that.
0: Though, though, just a side note, I think Christian metal is such a thing right now because the church doesn't sing imprecatory psalms. That's my one imprecatory psalms line for the day. Okay.
2: <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that.
1: <laughs>
2: um, so maybe we'll take the second question first. Um, you know, I, I think I would agree with you, Stan, on all that you just said. Um, there, I, I, I've been in so many different church, you know, settings with different cultures and different styles of worship that um, I do have a lot of leeway for, you know, just cultural, you know, either flourish or even even if it's flourish. Flourish is not necessarily bad as long as it, like you said, doesn't distract. I think when worship gets the focus on people instead of God, that's right. then that's obviously problematic. Um, we had a lady uh, came to our church about, I don't know, two or three times. I think it was this year. Um she showed up the first Sunday, walked in the back door, she was a little late, and from her purse she pulled some sort of um fabric or oh, I remember this. you remember this? Yeah, yeah. Some sort of
0: playing guitar i was like what is she doing back
2: there right it wasn't a flag per se right um but it was kind of like a pocket flag yes. like it was like put yeah. you know have it with you just in case oh, i've
1: got a story go ahead uh, <laughs> and uh
2: she got in the back corner of our sanctuary and just went to town with that thing i mean waving and dancing and doing all sorts of things mm-hmm. and i guess maybe i mean cody could weigh in on this our style of worship maybe perhaps gave her the impression that that was maybe something we would be okay with. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I went up to her after church, and I, I, I didn't immediately address it, but I just tried to get to know her a little bit, see where she was coming from, and um, hear a little bit of their story. They came back the next week, and she brought another thing that was a little bit more flag-like, And at that point, I scheduled a meeting with them. And what I told them was, I said, look, I'm not saying that what you're wanting to do there is sinful or wicked or necessarily unbiblical, Mm -hmm. but that's not our norm. That's not our... And and what's going to happen is all the attention is going to be on you because that's just not part of who we are. That's not our DNA. Um, And so that would mean that that's not good to do here. And I tried to go through that, but she was... I wouldn't say she was very receptive. I mean, she was agreeable um, because she at least had a, a high view of Scripture and a high, high enough view of the church gathered for worship that she appreciated my honesty. But um, for us, that just wouldn't be a good fit. And I would draw the line right there because yep. it, would, it would turn our church's attention away from worshiping God to what is this lady doing. And so I think you have to be mindful of, of the corporate setting that you're in in that regard
0: a funny portion to that story that second week uh, my wife Kristen was running sound and kind of asked her about it she wasn't asking it pointedly or anything just kind of genuinely asking like kind of what's up with this she was kind of under the impression that maybe she ran her off <laughs> so wife you did not run her off <laughs> that was that was Bradley
2: <laughs> but you know it it's <sighs> Where do you draw the line as appropriate? I mean, obviously there are things, you know, worship wise that we could do that would be that would be sinful in and of themselves. Right. I mean, sure. you 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 would not want to sing anything unbiblical. Yes. You would not want to sing anything that's untrue. Um, and I think your point, I mean, I'm not against Christian metal or anything, but when you can't understand the lyrics. You know, or it, that, that's that. And I think some churches are singing good songs and, and the volume's so loud, the band is so loud, you know, it doesn't emphasize. And this is one of the things that Cody and I have been stewing on, um, from time to time here lately is that how do we emphasize more the church singing together? Yeah. Um, because that, that is really the point. This is not a performance. This is not a band concert. Right. Um, you know MacArthur will get up from his pulpit and rail against anything that even remotely looks like rock music right what is, is the term he uses a rock concert at church for him yeah. is just you know of the devil yeah I wouldn't agree with that but I what I do agree with is that when it's not about us singing together yeah. truth whatever style of music you know whatever instrumentation you put to it the point is to sing together right. Um, which you know you kind of back up to that first question at what point do we stop singing music almost I guess like a boycott from from ministries that are their theology is off right I to me that's a it's a my answer is a bit of a moving target right now Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a question mark for me
1: yeah I think that's where we landed as well in the episode in that we didn't you know we we certainly didn't want to support people who were, you know pumping out tons of music ton- and not just because it's tons of music and, and they're making a lot of money on it, but because the <laughs> theology behind underneath the organization was, we thought, unchristian at its core. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and
0: one of the conclusions that we came to is we're not going to anathematize. We're not going to kick people out of the kingdom for have for doing any of these groups like there this is definitely like a gray area with a lot of conversation that has to be had um and even more conversations with some recent developments as we record this you know um but you know kind of piggybacking off off what bradley said we haven't we haven't outlined this position really hardcore at res but it has kind of become our norm is is what's known as the regulative principle of worship where God, since one, he's God, and two, he's the one receiving the worship, he gets to set the terms of, of how he's worshipped right. corporately. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that in, in private, you know, you walk through nature and you worship through that. Like, no one's outlawing that. But when the saints are gathered on, on the Lord's Day, to use the fancy terms. My dudes. <laughs> uh, my dudes, <laughs> yes. Um, uh, God has said, you know, hey, sing Sing the word, preach the word, pray the word, etc, right. and he hasn't commanded things like flag waving or paintings or or whatever and and what we see uh it, this might sound a little harsh to a, a lot of a lot of listeners, uh depending on their backgrounds, but w- when we see people trying to worship God on their own terms in the Bible, it usually doesn't turn out very well for them. Yeah. Uh, you look at Nadab and Abihu, I think it's Deuteron- Deuteronomy or Leviticus, I don't remember which, but they, they offered strange fire, mm-hmm. an unauthorized sacrifice, and God outright killed them for it. Yeah. And then you have in it's First or Second Corinthians where Paul is saying, uh, basically, you're coming to communion on your own terms. And God may have killed some of you for yeah. it.
1: And made <laughs> so, some of you sick. And yeah. So
0: we, we, you know, and that, and that's kind of like a cultural thing of, of we don't, uh, at least in American Christianity, we typically don't approach God with as, quite as much reverence and awe as we should. Right. Um so uh, I think I think that's a, a big thing to consider. It's it's not a primary issue by any means, because uh, there's also the normative principle uh, that some people advocate, which says that if God doesn't doesn't outright ban it, then you're good. Right. Um, so that that is a conversation to be had, but we've mostly landed on this regulative side. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, it seems like to me the last 25 years, in my church experience at least there was sort of this notion that we just need to throw out the the playbook, throw out the rule book and and abandon tradition for the sake of being more relevant. And I think there's been some pros and cons to that, honestly. Mm -hmm. I think that the pros have been that we've, you know, made more room for creativity and expression, you know, um, for different musical styles, which have allowed, you know, more people to use their gifts and talents and worship, which I think is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of great music's been written, yeah. but perhaps some of the cons have been that we've, you know, not been as attentive to worship in terms of its content and what we're actually leading people to do, mm-hmm. uh, not being as thoughtful as we should have been. Um, and so when it comes to you know ministries that have bad theology writing songs what are, what are we going to do about that well i think there's a couple of things you have to consider one is the you mentioned supporting that ministry so right. we we sing their music we buy their music we we fund these ministries that are teaching false doctrine i'm not as concerned about that um honestly because you know in romans 14 paul doesn't seem all that concerned about right. you know the temples getting funded by believers buying meat from the, the, the pagan temples.
0: Okay. So I, I, I'm
2: not, I'm not as concerned about, right. Uh, you know, if, if we just take Bethel, for example, um, elephant in the room, um, I'm not as concerned about funding them as I might be as other things. Um, yeah,
1: Robert brought up, uh, Robert Wood was also on this podcast and he brought up the fact that, you know, you might play that song and after church someone might come and say, man, I really like that song. Who does that? Well, and, and that would, that a rabbit hole that you start down right there.
2: That's the one that I'm going to press on a little bit. Right. The, the other one before I speak to that would be, um, is there a guilt by association yeah. for the, for us that we sing their music and therefore we're somehow just associating with false doctrine in a way that taints us. Yeah. I don't think so because I mean, I don't it's not an apples to apples comparison but I don't agree with all of John Wesley's theology. In fact, I have major disagreements with John Wesley's theology and yet we sing we sang Hark the Herald Angels Sing last night. Um and he wrote Christ the Lord is risen today. Um which is a, a great hymn of the church. So, I'm not as worried about that, but the people taking our singing of those songs as an endorsement. Right. And either um, because they are already familiar with those ministries, diving into their content all the more, or searching out and finding out, okay, who sings that song? I want to find out more about where that's coming from. That's, to me, where this could get really problematic. Yeah. And um, up to this point, Rez has taken the stance that if the song is biblical, and we feel like it's a song that could benefit our church, and we can sing it with biblical thinking, We've done it regardless of, you know, what doctrine or theology um, it's it might be rooted in for those people or that church. But I think it's becoming increasingly problematic um, because of that. I just don't think Christians today are aware enough of who we are and who we're not. Yeah. Um, what we're called to believe and what we're called to reject. Yeah. And that I think in in historically in America, perhaps that hasn't been as big a problem as it is becoming today, because mm-hmm. even some of the stuff that we were talking about before we hit record, I mean Christians need to be clear clear about you know what we believe and what we don't yeah. uh, because the world's not getting better, no, no, and the 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 comfort and ease and you know relative peace that the church has enjoyed in America, it just seems like to me that that we could see that beginning to erode, and and the church coming under more fire and more persecution, and the the need for Christians to be rooted in sound doctrine, Uh, it's not that that's ever not been important, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I feel like um, it's something that maybe as a pastor I'm just becoming more aware of we need to do everything we can to make sure that Christians that are in our charge know what we believe and why, yeah. and um, and I think that might put us in a position to have to draw some lines yeah. at some point. And so, you know, Cody and I have talked about incorporating the New City Catechism into our our worship. You know, and and you know, and I, I appreciate Cody bringing that kind of thing to my attention because I think it's I think it's needed. That's mm-hmm. really Something that I don't I don't know that um, the church has paid quite enough attention to, so I'll leave it at a question mark, but I would encourage every listener that's involved, especially those that are involved in le- worship um, leadership in their churches, pay attention, be careful, be mindful, have these conversations, uh, pray, read scripture, talk to your pastors, um, you know, work it out with fear and trembling yeah. would be my encouragement. Yeah.
0: I, th- I think my last word on this will be, uh, kind of know that so much postmodernism has influenced American Christianity. Um, even even like good conservative people that you know are saved. Um, so within this conversation, um, make sure that they know. Even if you have to get pretty blunt on some stuff, that they know that you're at least attempting to do it out of love for your local church um where where you know a lot of people you know if if you disagree at all then you're being hateful or uh divisive or whatever. Um, so just make sure that you're doing it out of as much grace and love as possible. And I really just noticed, holy crap, there is so much crossover between the people that ask you questions and people who buy stuff from me. So <laughs> Yeah, that's
1: really true. That is really true.
0: So uh <clears throat> I guess moving on, right? Yeah, let's
1: move on to Justin's question. Now Justin wrote uh basically uh a, a book. In his question, just to try to explain everything that's going on. I I cut Uh, out about three quarters of it on my document. (laughs) To summarize it, uh, Justin uh, uh, worships at a church that is in a, uh, I would say, poor and crime-ridden area. Mm -hmm. And it was a plant, and he is frustrated with a lot of people who come and say, yeah, I want to be a part of this. And then when they realize what they've signed up for, they check out and uh, it's really tough and so he's wondering how to handle those people. Uh during that episode I pointed him to the story <clears throat> of uh, uh Paul and Barnabas's missionary journey mm-hmm. and the issue that sprang up with uh John Mark mm-hmm. who who abandoned them mm-hmm. and uh then the the frustration that Paul had with that oh, yeah. when they tried to bring him back on for their second trip and then the the resolution of all that in the in at the end of paul's life he's like he's telling timothy in his letter bring john mark he's useful to me in ministry yeah. so there was that that reconciliation that happened there so uh just to, just to point it to some hope that hey these these folks may be off somewhere else right now but they're learning what they need to learn it's god's will that they're yeah. there obviously because he's in charge of all this anyway yeah. and maybe they'll come back but uh I'm sure you. I'm sure being a pastor, you've seen people come in and try to be a part of a church and then realize, hey, they're wanting me to do a little more than I'm willing to do, mm. and they check out.
2: You know, I love the fact that you brought up Paul and Barnabas, um, and I'll, I'll say two things about this. Number one, I think it's important to remember that Barnabas was spiritually gifted in a way that Paul, I don't think Paul was. Uh, Barnabas, I think, had what the Bible calls the spiritual gift of administration some and sometimes when people think about that gift in particular they think well that's just somebody that's really good at organizing a file drawer but that's not the it's not the essence of the gift the essence of the gift really is it's it's a picture of like a rudder of a ship it steers things and that's that's who Barnabas was you know when when a mass of people was getting converted in Antioch and Barnabas was sent to Antioch. Uh, Paul was still in the shadows, recently converted. Everybody was still a little bit scared of him. Um, But Paul went there. Paul had recognized a gift in Paul, and he went and got Paul and brought him to Antioch. Paul's an administrator. He puts people in the right place. He sees the best in people, and he encourages people. I mean, that's what his name is. Uh, Really was about was that. Yeah, the son of encouragement. He just he would find ways to get people in the right place Um, and so I think that Difference difference of giftedness is played out in that story Paul Barnabas still recognizes that John Mark has a role to play in the body of Christ that he has value and he sees that Paul seems to be, you know, just done with him at that One point. And you're out, One man. strike and you're out, but yet like you said, he comes around eventually and perhaps we could credit the Lord's work through Barnabas for that reconciliation. And so, um Justin, is that his name? Justin, yeah, Justin. Yeah. You know, it it might be helpful for in that local church, that church plant, um to just kind of look and identify who might be gifted in a similar way to Barnabas in your congregation for the sake of connecting people and encouraging people. Because planting a church is hard. When you're plowing hard ground in a in a difficult area, you're going to need somebody like Barnabas in your congregation. And that may not be Justin. Justin may not be gifted that way. And that's okay. You know, He might be gifted in other ways. But there needs to be somebody that's playing that role. Second thing I would say is that I think we really have to adopt a he-who-has-ears-to-hear kind of attitude mm-hmm. in some ways. It's not that we get dismissive or just treat people with contempt when they don't get on board. But there was... I mean, Jesus was just strangely okay with people that didn't stick it out. Yeah. You know, And there's that famous interchange where he... He turns around and looks at a crowd that I think is enamored with all of the miraculous things yeah. that are happening. And he says, unless you eat my flesh, drink my blood, you have no part of me. And many followed him no more. And then he looks at his disciples and says, you going to go too? Yeah. And, 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 and Peter's response was basically, Lord, where are we going to go? Yeah. And you know what? In, in a local church like that, there, it's going to be hard when you're planting a church in a difficult place. It's going to be hard, and there are going to be people that fail. But then there are going to be people like Justin and others who are like, you know what, where am I going to go? This is where the Lord's put me. This is what the Lord has called me to do. And it sucks at times and it's hard and people are bailing, but this is where I am. And you know what, Justin, I would encourage you through prayer and dependence on the Holy Spirit. Be great with that. Be okay with that. Just realize that that's, that's part of it. And you know what? Not everybody's going to stay on the bus all the way through the difficult days and that's okay. Uh, but be grateful that the Lord's called you and he's gifted you and equipped you and just be faithful to what, you know, you mentioned Paul's second missionary journey that got off to that rough start Mm -hmm. with Barnabas and that conflict. That journey is, is vastly different than the first journey. First journey was like massive conversions yeah, everywhere yeah. Paul went, man, everybody, it, you know, there was some persecution, but the second journey, he starts off and the Lord prevented me from going here. The Lord stopped me from going here. Yeah. And then I had this dream of, of of somebody saying, come over here and help us. And he goes and there's not even a synagogue. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and then he finds a little prayer meeting of women uh, by the sea and, and uh, Lydia's converted. Right. It's just a, that, that journey got off to, a much less flashy and sexy start than the 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 first journey did. And so yeah. sometimes is that way. Very true.
0: I think on on the other side, so with the people that Justin is frustrated with, um there is there's always kind of like a honeymoon phase when you join a new church or whatever, like yeah, we, enjoy, we enjoy we enjoyed the idea of doing this thing (laughs) even though we might not actually like that thing (laughs) uh you look at pretty much every movie it's it's never uh two people two old people in their 80s like borderline putting up with each other and loving each other that way it's always sparks and fireworks and this new thing right um where where we can get that way with with churches or ministries or whatever it's it's there's warts on every church (laughs) there's imperfections in all of them like even even coming to res um you know i had googled around and you know certain terms hit and that's one of the reasons i tried out res and then i come to find out well yeah res has a background and there are people who are still influenced by certain backgrounds and i can either get really frustrated with that or i can be patient so I mean, it's there's there's not going to be any perfect church, and if and I I, I remembered uh, in this question is something about getting reconni- recognition that they believe they deserve. Yeah. If you're serving in a church for the recognition, then you should probably reorient literally yeah. everything. As, as
1: Jesus <laughs> said, if you do your stuff for the praise of men, that's your reward. That's, that's your all, reward. That's all you're getting. Yeah. yeah. Um. And that's so fleeting, isn't it? A so little bit. A little bit yeah and uh, i would i would just say cody that frustration is not a fruit of the spirit right but patience right is. right so, <laughs> take the rose work all right good uh last one uh this is from lee harrison and he's talking about uh politics in the workplace how to deal with uh those that see things differently than what you believe the Bible teaches.
0: As frequently as possible, just tell them taxation is theft.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> so we, the, the question was also written in such a way, he, he did clarify later after the episode aired that he was talking about people who are into their politics and they come to the workplace and they you know, they talk through all the stuff that's going on, all the stuff we see on the news. But the way the question was written, I also didn't didn't know if he was talking about that or the politics of a workplace where you're dealing with, you know, the hierarchy of an organization and, you know, how to climb ladders and that sort of thing. So we kind of handled that one from both sides. But he was talking about, you know, bringing your politics from you know even even moral taxation within a business hierarchy is theft so (laughs) good
2: grief hey steal his microphone would you i'm not going to give it back so so i'm not going to say a whole lot about this um i don't know that i'm the most qualified to to talk about how do we handle american politics and you know the various contexts we find ourselves in but um, one thing, one thought I have about it is, you know, it, it, I guess just as an example, um, if someone has a, if I find myself in a conversation with someone that has a strong opinion about music, not an apples to apples comparison, but just a, a genre of music or a particular artist, uh, and I'm not even talking Christian music, I'm just talking in general, um, and I have a strong opinion against, you know, their p- opinion. I'm not going to get into a heated debate about it because it just doesn't matter that much to me. Yeah. It's not it's not part of my identity. And I think particularly Christians um, in America have a very hard time detaching American politics from their identity in Christ. Um there's a lot of reasons for that. We could talk about that. Just you know, our 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 notions about how and why this country was founded and and on what basis it was founded. We could talk about all that. I get that. I'm not I'm not here to debate. You know, I, I certainly don't think any of us um, would would say that America is a Christian nation right. per se. Right? Um, has it been friendly towards Christianity? Certainly. And our freedoms have certainly allowed the church. Um, you know, to, to, to be the church and do what we do. Um, I have questions about whether or not the church has maximized that freedom um, right. historically, but regardless, America has been very friendly to the church and that's great. We should be thankful for it. I'm thankful for our servicemen and women that fight to protect our freedoms. And uh, I'm thankful for, you know, just the way our government is structured and the, and the principles of religious freedom and all that, that, that make room for us to be the church, I think that's what you know Paul told Timothy, you know, basically told Timothy, you know, pray for our leaders that they'll leave us alone, yeah <laughs> I yeah. mean that's really the you you read first Timothy that's really what he's talking yeah. about is just you know l- l- pray that they'll let us live peaceful qu- quiet lives that yeah. we can be about the business of the kingdom without their interference, yeah. so there there was no marriage for Paul between his Christianity, mm-hmm. his mission, and what was going on in the political spheres of his day. Yeah. And yet we have got those things so intertwined that if the subject comes up, we don't, we don't know how to handle it emotionally. Yeah. You know, I can't have a conversation with you about what Donald Trump is or is not doing if we're on opposite sides of the fence on him I can't have a conversation about that without it becoming so personal because we've got our identity wrapped up in whether or not we're for or against, you know, uh, someone like Donald Trump or other political figures. And I just think the, the, the more we can detach from that and let our debates emotionally live. I mean, it's not that it doesn't matter. I realize it matters big time, yeah. you know. Uh, in terms of our way of life and all those kinds of things, I get that. It's, it's it's not as simple and unimportant as what style of music you like. That's not what I'm saying. But I do think emotionally we could have healthier debates if we just realized that American politics is not the kingdom, um, that the church is going to thrive whether or not we are allowed to maintain our tax-exempt status, whether or not we continue to enjoy the, the, the freedoms that we currently enjoy. I mean you, you look at throughout history and the church has thrived when in under the the, the worst seasons of persecution, mm-hmm. the church thrives and moves yeah. forward and God does great things. And so um you know when the religious leaders threatened Peter and John for preaching in Jesus' name, that fueled them. Yeah. That fueled them. And so we don't need to be threatened by you know, and I, I'm in the we're in the Bible Belt right now, and so I'm going to speak as you know from the dominant thought in this part of the country. Okay, so I realize not everybody feels this way, but liberal agenda is not a threat to the church. Right. It's just not. I mean, and we just best get on with that and and realize that it doesn't matter what legislation is levied by. The liberal side of things, the church is not threatened by that, right. and so and and nor I would let me be the flip side here. Nor is the church defined by the conservative Republican agenda. Right, we're not defined by that. Right, you know, we're de- we're de- we're defined by what this book says. Yeah, and so um, how to handle that in the workplace? Honestly, I don't know because you know I I think you you're going to find yourself sometimes in heated uh tense Mm -hmm. conversations with people who because our country is so divided so polarized so tribal right now around this it's going to be difficult my approach has been i'm just very careful when and where i engage in those conversations right now I, i really am because um for one thing i'm not sure what i think about everything right now <laughs> I mean,
1: I'm not sure I care about everything anymore.
2: I mean, yeah. I mean, like, like I'll 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 crack the window of some of my thoughts about politics right now. There, 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 there are parts of me I look around and I go, "The economy's thriving." Yeah, yep. thriving. Yep. my dad's business is growing so fast that he, at age 70, can't. I mean, he just can't hardly keep up with yeah. it. Right, so thank god yeah and that wasn't the case years ago but yet when when trump tweets and he says things and and you know i look at you know who he portrays himself to be and some of the things that he's done and 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 then what's going on with this impeachment and whatever i'm like did he commit a crime did he not did is what what do we do with all of this i don't even know and and there's part of me that just wants to say god do what you do, you're king, mm-hmm. you know, give me an Isaiah six moment where you peel the veil back and remind me you're on the throne <laughs> yeah. and not these crazy yahoos in Washington. Yeah. I mean, that that's kind of where I'm at. And I don't know if that's helpful to people or not, but, um, we don't need to get our identity wrapped up in American politics. I know that's that. True.
0: We've, we've talked about it and I've talked about it with you, Bradley, especially with our series in Romans is I want to be an anarcho-capitalist, and Romans 13 won't let me. <laughs> God calls government a gift, and I'm just like, really? Because like Ron, Ron Swanson of Parks and Rec, both with his libertarianism and his love for bacon, is kind of my spirit animal. <laughs> but but I think I mean, kind of ultimately, uh, think about the conversations evangelistically. Uh, the, all the surveys and whatever show declining religious practices and all that um that's just in terms of proper organized religion it's it's not whether it's which and which religion a lot of people have turned to is the religion of the gop or the religion of the dnc um and that i think that's ultimately why we have so much division is they gave up on god and they started worshiping elephants and donkeys um (laughs)
1: that's 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 a great line
0: yeah so the the only uh, other than like obviously i've i've posted some on facebook uh, which to both of you remember i have cut back on that (laughs) 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 but uh but the only time like in public that i've ever done that was um uh, spartanburg county council had this uh, proposed ordinance that was really just oppressive toward live music and, and I, I saw a bunch of people basically being like, this isn't fair or whatever. So I spoke and wanted to give a different, uh, take on it. And it was basically like, Hey, remember Romans 13 says you answer to God <laughs> for one. And by the way, all of these amendments that would be violated, stuff like, uh, free speech, stuff like, um, unreasonable searches and seizures, uh, fifth amendment type stuff, et cetera, uh, that's all rooted in these, bible verses in in the old testament um and it was it was just kind of a reminder of you ultimately yeah you do answer to voters but you answer to god ultimately and they were like that's literally the most biblical thing that's ever been said here (laughs) like that they actually said that um and that's also the fastest i've ever spoken in my life because i had three minutes to get it all out um but but Take the take the Albert Moeller approach, daily analysis of news and events from a Christian worldview, and um, and use that as an opportunity to be like, well, this is what God says about it. And then don't freak out, because nobody is helped when you freak out. That's true. That's true.
2: It's amazing to me how little there is in the Bible about how we think about and approach. You know, there, there, Jesus is... Um, Ministry was certainly political, but you know he he stepped into a world and in, in 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 a culture among the Jews that was run by the religious, yeah. you know, um, enterprise yeah. of the day. Um, but you know, in all of Paul's travels and missionary journeys in Gentile regions, there was just n- very little that he said about what was going on in in government and politics. You know, it's just. I don't know that I don't think scripture is silent accidentally and I'm not saying it's totally silent. I mean, I think that there are biblical principles that would inform how we vote and how we feel about moral, political, economic and global issues. Mm -hmm. Certainly there is that, but there's just not a kingdom agenda that is on equal playing field with what's going on in government and politics, there's just it's 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 we're meant to think of that as transcending. Your citizenship is in heaven. Yeah, you know, that's what, that's who you are. This right? world is not my home. This world is not I'm my home. Just a passing through. Yeah, or <laughs> heaven's not my home. I'm just a passing through, according <laughs> to uh, uh, new heavens and new earth. Yeah, new heavens, new earth. But I I think you know it. it I, I'm careful when I talk about this because I don't want us to become passive. I don't want us to be like adopt don't care attitudes when it comes to this stuff. But yet at the same time, we should be able to be reasonable and level headed and have those kind of conversations within the church, even when we disagree, because that's not our identity is not wrapped up in those things.
0: There's I'm going to risk sounding super post mill here uh, (laughs) as one does, Um, (laughs) but there's in american politics and christianity we often want to uh force the issue via who we elect um and obviously like if if one believes that abortion is murder then that like that's an objective justice kind of thing that kind of needs to be taken care of right um but there's a difference between believing that if we get society to act right via the government then we'll be able to free ourselves up for more gospel work. Um, there's a difference between that and then having the gospel work saturate a society in a way that it then influences the government. Right. right? Where, and and you'd see the same things with, with pretty much everything else. Um, if it was the cool thing, um, to uphold, you know, Christian marriage, (laughs) then that's what you would see in commercials as opposed to the LGBT thing. Um, as, as the gospel permeates a culture, then you see that kind of thing happen. And it's it's not like a uh, we're going to go take over the world kind of thing. But um, if we, if you Bradley, you mentioned it, you know, we question how well the church has taken advantage of religious freedom in the U.S., uh, where sometimes or oftentimes we kind of retreat into our enclaves as opposed to uh, going out and and saying, hey, this is what's up. Y'all need to repent <laughs>
1: and, uh, and just giving the gospel. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. that's good stuff. Um, got any, any more to add to that?
2: I, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we could probably talk about this a lot longer than we want to, but, um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah,
1: let's stop talking and go watch Fox
2: news. I I, <laughs> Hard pass. Hard pass. <laughs> You know, and I'm open to people challenging me on this, but, you know, my thought has been that when I vote, mm-hmm. what I want to vote for is a candidate or candidates that are going to support religious freedom, um, going to be as closely in line morally with the Bible as, as you know, I'm going to pick the candidate, try to pick the candidate that that's morally as close to the Bible as possible, um, that is going to um, not, you know, and I know know I'm sounding like I'm a conservative here, and I really am in terms of the size of government. I don't want the government intruding in my life, uh, and not just from a personal standpoint, but from the standpoint of the church. I want the government to let us do what we do. Stay out of our way. Let us be the church but at the same time, I'm not going to view if a candidate gets elected that threatens any of those things. I'm not going to lose sleep over it, yeah. you know. Prayerfully, I'm not going yeah. to. I'm not. I'm not going, and I'm not going to hate people that voted for that candidate because yeah. it's just not. Um, I. I don't think the kingdom's being threatened. Right. You know, I don't think that that God's, you know. Isaiah, he's the God who sees the end for, declares the end from the beginning and he will accomplish all his purposes. Right. His word will not return void. And so that's that's an ironclad promise yeah, for me. And if
1: hell's not going to prevail against it then you
0: know. Well, your and and, won't and the gates of hell gates are defensive. Yeah. yeah. Gates are not offensive. Yeah. So um I would encourage people to research uh Abraham Kiper, Kuyper, K U Y P E R. He was a dutch pastor and then their prime minister about a hundred and so years ago and he had uh, a belief system called sphere sovereignty uh god has set up these spheres of government family and the church to do certain things and they should only be uh they should only basically interfere with each other when one of those is going terribly wrong (laughs) um that's kind of the boiled down poorly explained version but
1: anyway so is that our obligatory kuiper reference no Don't Waste Your Life was a Piper reference but not a Kuiper reference
0: oh fair enough yeah yeah Uh, we'll have a we'll have a John Piper reference in the Inquisition so shall we shall we move on to that
1: then let's do it okay
0: so inquisition uh for those of you who aren't familiar with the westminster effects doxology podcast uh we uh make fun of the spanish inquisition by having (laughs) listener questions and we call them the inquisition those are submitted on the westminster effects doxology podcast lounge on facebook uh first question we usually start off with a couple fun ones uh jared helms asks is the earth flat
1: (laughs) It depends on where you're standing. <laughs>
0: if if you're out with John Ross in Lincoln, Nebraska, yes, it's pretty flat. Yes, it's pretty yeah. flat. Yeah. Where we were in Hilton Head, it was pretty flat. pretty
1: flat. pretty flat, and some spots even inside the Rocky Mountains. Also are, true. Are full also true. Pretty vastly flat down the there. Um. So Brad
0: Speed <laughs> has some pretty pointed <laughs> inquisition questions. Yes. Uh, These are specifically meant for you, Padre. I'll answer them quickly. Does God run out of patience? Yes. How do we bridge the gap between understanding and application of Scripture? Faith. How do I deal with my kids who have left the faith? Baseball bat. (laughs) Uh, Does God forget our sin? No. (laughs) (laughs) Because he writes it down. So, So, uh... Moving on to Brian Morris, who I'm pretty sure has only missed one Inquisition submission ever. Uh, he has two questions. First I have an
1: Inquisition question for him. Then okay, go Where for was it. Was he that week?
0: I think I just didn't put in his oh, question. Okay. <laughs> it didn't pass muster. Um, if John Piper, here's our John Piper reference. If John Piper were a Jedi Master, what color lightsaber would he have?
2: <laughs> what does the color of lightsaber have?
0: Just roll with it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh, so if I'm familiar with this enough, the dark side has like red. They're like red sabers. Correct. And the
0: basically Jedi everything is- else is
1: for the Jedi: purple, blue, green, whatever other colors, so, etc. So he's got.
2: <laughs> I've never noticed that. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Come on, man! I'm
0: I'm 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 kind of a I was actually on. So so the online Star Wars encyclopedia is called (laughs) (laughs) Wookiepedia. I was I was when we were waiting on you to get to the office in the car. I was on Wookiepedia reading up on some of the background on the new Star Wars movie because I'm a dork.
1: Did you look up Piper's saber? No,
0: but I'm gonna go with green. Because um, I did I did a, a custom job a few years ago if you remember this where we photoshopped they, the the customer couldn't decide between a Desiring God theme and a Star Wars theme so we photoshopped John Piper's face onto Luke Skywalker's uh, body in one of the scenes from Return of the Jedi see, so
1: I, I I don't think it's green I think it's tweed tweed <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Because that's his, you know, uh, goodwill jacket that he always wears. That is... <laughs> <laughs>
0: now, you could take the, the angle. The Happy Rant did an episode on the reformed Hunger Games. <laughs> they talked about who would win. I don't remember who was the little girl that everyone loved, but they said that that would be Tim Keller. But then they, they came, since Barnabas Piper, who's John Piper's son, is one of the hosts, he's like, man, my dad is feisty, and y'all just don't know it. So <laughs> John Piper would win the Reformed Hunger Games. <laughs> yes. So I don't know. He might be a secret Sith,
1: especially with how some people talk about him. I, you know, recognizing his hand moves, I'm pretty sure he's at least a ninja. So
2: <laughs> a more a more fun question would be, like, who do you associate, like, the big reformed guys with star Wars characters like, like who would Piper be Yoda? Yeah.
0: That that gets, that gets into another happy rant thing. I hate to reference them so many times in this, but they, they call those the obligatory, like when pastors tweet wisdom, they call those Yoda tweets. (laughs) So, so Piper might be Yoda. Where, th- but then you have to. Well, who's Palpatine? Who's Darth Vader? You don't really want to go there, do you? <laughs> well,
1: maybe
0: we do. Maybe that's Josh Harris. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, turning to the dark side. I know this just took a turn. Um, you know, who ends up being Luke, or maybe Leia's Rosaria Butterfield, or. <laughs> <I don't know.
2: laughs> So who who was
0: your life, do not.
2: <laughs> who was the guy that was uh, Obi Wan's master? Qui Gon. That's that's, that's, RC, that that's RC. That's RC. RC Sproul, yeah, right? You answered that
1: way too fast.
2: Yeah, <laughs> Qui Gon is RC Sproul or Sproul's RC uh, Qui Gon, and then Obi Wan might be Jonathan Edwards.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or maybe maybe Edwards is Qui Gon. And
2: then, sprawl is Obi Wan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe so. Holy smoke. Okay. That's okay. a rabbit Next hole. One.
1: Next one. We just, that was <laughs> all the nerd meters just went pegging to the yeah. right there. Yeah.
0: um So, final question from Brian Morris. At the time this episode airs, a bunch of our churches will have just uh done Christmas services and they'll have led either Away in a Major or Mary Did You Know. Uh, Both of these have questionable theology that isn't necessarily heresy lines such as little Lord Jesus no crying he makes I don't know if you've noticed but babies cry and of course Mary knew at least something because the angel told her so how do we handle these uh, Christmas hymn staples with bad theology or do we just overlook those because of the sentimental value that so many have placed on these songs we kind of just talked about this right yeah. Like don't don't sing dumb stuff. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um
2: I can tell you what to do with Mary did you know? Um Don't sing it. Don't sing it.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um for one thing I'm tired of that song. It's overdone. Um So yes. I mean it's a clever song, you know, if you like that style it's not musically it's not unappealing, no. I don't guess, but um uh, you know, and it's one of those songs that if you get some really good vocalists, like I heard Pentatonic's version of it, it was awesome. Really good, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Um, but I just wouldn't sing it in church. Right. Um, Away in a manger is the one I'm not sure what to do with because the kids love it so much, but mm-hmm. right. I don't like that song. Yeah, it just perpetuates this, you know, fairy tale notion about the birth of Christ that yeah. just to me is, um, I don't know.
0: Has, has that that no crying he makes. Twinges on a little gnosticism, doesn't it?
2: Honestly, I can't say that I've thought of it that far. I've just thought
1: <laughs> well, I, 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 maybe I, we should do maybe we should do a list of Christmas songs that we would not do at church to kind of go back to the other question. Number one, Mary, did you know? Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> Silent Night. We did. Si- well, the kid, the cheerins,
0: did Silent yes. Night last night. Uh, little drummer boy. Parumpum pum no. <laughs> Well, you know, here's the thing. So
2: <laughs> would it be let's ask this question. And I I'm just genuine. I like would it be appropriate for Christians to gather and sing songs that are just You know, part of our Christmas tradition, we like them. Jingle bells. You know, jingle bells, Little Drummer Boy. As long as we realize we're not singing, this is not a worship context. There's
0: a difference between like a Lord's Day gathering and and a hymn sing. Like, hymns and hops will do some of those more fun songs. Um, But then even last night with our ugly sweater sweater Christmas party, the Chirins ended it with, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Right. That's not a hymn.
2: Right. So there was a kind of a portion of the service at the end, the very end, we had we had done all the worship and there was a to me there was a clear yeah. distinction that right. we were now just moving into something kind of fun and cool to involve the children at the end that wasn't part of our worship per se. Um and we did silent night and we wish you a Merry Christmas. So I, I don't I don't think that's inappropriate. I guess just the, the thing would be if you include Mary Did You Know In that portion of the service where we're worshiping and reinforcing doctrine that's problematic yeah
1: yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. that's good that's good so Rudolph is out (laughs) I'll spare you that rant
2: (laughs) about jolly old Saint Nicholas I mean Saint Nicholas was real so
0: and jolly old slapped Arius in the face (laughs) we need more we need more of that story right so shall we kill it there you want you to you do your sign-off, and then I'll do my sign-off, I, I guess?
1: Sure. Uh, what is my sign-off? Uh, Why don't you do my sign-off, and I'll use it? You don't know my sign-off. I don't know yours. Uh,
0: <laughs> go to all dot com, where the goal is to make you think so highly of God that you forget about yourself.
1: So is, go that, go is that, that it? That's is pretty, that's pretty, it? That's pretty that's, good. Okay. That's pretty good. We, we'll, we'll let you do that. That's good. Okay. So I don't, I don't know yours. Let's see. Is it, is I have it used? scripted because I can't remember. Oh, right? here we go. Follow us and comment on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe to iTunes and Spotify and leave a five-star review.
0: As always, we don't care if it's we honest. Just give us honest. five stars.
1: So <laughs> you realize you're advocating lot Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> uh, support the show at Anchor FM. You can donate money and help us improve. Pledge to donate ten dollars a month for a year and get your choice of a Piper Drive V2 or a Wickliff. Wy- Wickliffe Wickliffe Fuzz and then it says outro colon and then there's nothing oh sorry sorry
0: sounds like a medical
1: procedure doesn't it
0: <laughs> thanks for listening we're out <laughs>